time to hack the Matrix. Alright. Yeah, I love that cyberpunky trash ass thing. But alright. So yeah, alright, here I am again. Alex Mack here with another uh maniacal weekly uh thing that I'm doing here. Try to you know, get eyes on somehow, promote the book, promote the company, and you know, show that we're all right. We're trying to do something decent here. Well, yeah, anyway, how you doing? My name is uh, Alex Mack again, and um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to chat about some some books. Uh, there was a ton of trailers that dropped. I guess I can probably do that over on the YouTube uh, channel. And, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about some, uh, some movies and stuff. Um, I think I saw, uh, Black Phone and, uh, The Sandman fairly recently. And, um, I can, I can go over that with y'all. We got some pigskin. The 2022 season been kicked off. You know, I just, um, yeah, it's Monday night. It's Monday, uh, uh, September 12th. Yeah, so it was Monday Night Football. We just saw uh, Geno Smith actually beat uh, uh, Russell Wilson. You know, I can't. I have expected, um, you know, sometime before halftime, Russell Wilson would have uh, old Pete Carroll in the the, the, the sharpshooter or something. Um, I don't. Yeah, so for some reason, people that like leave his team, that leave the Seahawks, they don't like Pete Carroll that much. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. Like they can't wait to flip them off, or or just abruptly just leave the team. I don't know what's up. Yeah, that was a shocker. Um, it was a one point game. It was a seventeen sixteen something like that. Uh, that was that was fairly. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call that. <laughs> I wouldn't call that. You know what I'm saying. Actually, there was a couple of games that uh, I wouldn't have called. If I was a betting man, I would have packing packing my bags and getting out of town. You know. I want uh, Louie and the boys to come collecting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, New York. Uh, yeah, the Giants. Giants actually beat the, the uh, Titans. So I wouldn't call it that. That was a one-point game. I, I, I wouldn't have called that. Yeah, I'd, have put, I'd have actually put some money down for, uh, on the Titans on that one. Yeah, Minnesota. Now, now yeah, I would have really... I'd have had to skip town on that one. I'd have, Man, I'd probably put a, put a couple of stacks down on uh, on the Packers beat Minnesota. That's watching with my dad and we just was flipping back and forth on the games. And it was like halftime. It was like 21 nothing on Minnesota. What? <laughs> like what? Damn, bro. I think uh Aaron Rodgers smoked the he smoked the wrong pack. Or something. Like he either smoked the wrong one or the right one. I don't I guess it's a matter of a perspective on that one. And then uh then I, then I have my commanders yeah, you little Timmy and the Commanders. I just, that name, it just it just rings like a, a JV, like a, a seven and under Pop Warner League to me. <laughs> okay, um, it's growing on me though. It's it's growing on me. Like the more time goes by, the more more it's on it. But um, yeah, we actually won. Uh, twenty eight, twenty two looks like, and yeah, we look like a functional team <laughs> for once. Yeah, we actually look like a a competent football team. Yeah, yeah, it was Curtis Samuel. He was all over the field, man. He was like the only one Carson was throwing to. Really, he was man. He was 
catching passes. He was juking dudes, like hurdling, like spin moving, going left, going right, saving kitten from trees, catching babies. Like that dude was doing everything out there. I was at a certain point, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, go to the sideline. Because I think he just came back. I think he was injured last year and he just came back and I'm just like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we know he's he's good. Now throw it to somebody else. <laughs> Christ, he was for like yeah, good like first half, he was all over the place. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was like the biggest question mark that we had here in uh in the, the DMV. He was um Carson Wentz. <laughs> he was pretty Carson Wentz. Um nothing that spectacular, even though like he's he's a but the thing is he's a solid QB. He's he's like a really solid QB, he's something that we haven't had in DC in a, a while. Yeah, I mean he he didn't blow anybody's socks off, but he threw four touchdowns, though. So, I mean four four touchdowns, two picks, 313 yards. I mean, hey, if we can get that, like on a consistent basis, hey, he's old Commanders. Going to Super Bowl. They're going all the way. There, I said it. <laughs> no. No, I hate those. I hate those, like, fair-weather fans that, like, off of one game, they're just like, Super Bowl. We're going to bowl. Yep, win it all. That's what we doing. Nah, 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 nah. I'd, if, I, if I can predict one thing, 10-7, maybe a wild card. Maybe. We'll see. But I tell you what, that defense, that defense is, is the team. Because um, I think half, uh, you know, Chase Young is still out. And um, well, who was it that went out? Was it uh, Jonathan Allen that went out the game, I think, around the second quarter or so? And um, and they were still, like, they were all up in uh, Trevor Lawrence's grill, too. Like, like damn near every, every, like, snap, every time. He stepped back, like yeah, they they were coming. So I mean, that's that. Everybody's talking about Carson Wentz, but that was the real like kind of impressive thing to watch out there on Sunday. And I heard, I heard um I heard one of the commentators say something about um uh, Doug Peterson, the uh, the Jaguars head coach, had this uh, nickname for uh, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> call him uh what do you call him Ichabod Crane. <laughs> That's, uh, I thought that was funny. I got to chuckle. I could kind of see it. I think it's, I think it's all in the neck. Like Trevor Lawrence had that long, like gangly neck. <laughs> uh, well, else was? Oh yeah, and uh, the old Dallas Cowgirls looked terrible. Terrible. They had the Sunday night game against the Goat. You know, Brady didn't look all that hot either, but, you know, he's trying to save his marriage. So, you know, <laughs> you can't, I mean, cut him, cut him a little bit of slack, you know. I tell you, women, they can't, you, you just ain't going to win with them. Like, he's the greatest of all time. He has, like, 30 Super Bowl rings, you know. He wants one more year. If, if the guy wants to go out on a stretcher, look, man, can you? do that for him it's, it's all about you it's all about you but um yeah and uh Dak uh Dak uh 
I think he hurt his thumb. I think he said he broke his thumb or something like that. Um, he went out in like the fourth quarter. Honestly, I think he broke it uh, earlier in the game too because he, he looked terrible. Like he's, his balls didn't have any air in it. You know, he was missing guys wide open. He, like threw a couple of picks, I think. So I think, I, you know, I, I would say he was probably just, just trying to grind it out. Just grinding it out for like the, the, the whole game and just like back when it was like they had no chance. Like, right, you know, at the time when they had just no shot, I think they just kind of, he just went to the sidelines and said, yep, all right, I got to call it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you know what the, uh, you know what the, all those, those cowgirl fans going to say? Super Bowl, we're going to bowl. <laughs> we're going to win it, win it all. Uh, yeah, all right, so yeah, that was week, that was week one. It was a fun one. I was entertained. Uh, all right, yeah, enough of that. Okay, so. Travel with me to a dark and isolated farm located deep in the heart of St. Mary's County, Maryland where the only African-American farmer and his family are being tormented by some thing stalking around their property. Can they survive? Can they protect the farm that is their very livelihood? And can they do it with their sanity intact? Are you in the mood for dark, isolated, rural horror? Are books full of ghastly green goo and reanimated corpses your jam? Then check out Mulch, the eerie inaugural novella from Maniacal Books. Available today on Amazon Kindle and mcsbooks.com. I think we can go over onto uh, my book selection for this week. What do I want to talk about this week? I know exactly what I want to talk about this week. It is called uh, The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Lavelle. This is a really interesting book in a, in a couple of ways. It's a novella and is, is very highly kind of based off of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Uh, you know, one of his like kind of like a weird uh, fiction horror stories. It's, it's got a lot of like his elements in the stories. But the twist here being that it is is written by a black author actually well technically i think technically he's like he's mixed a biracial mixed race but you know, you 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 know what they say one drop came upon uh this guy victor lavelle who um excellent author too um he has a, a bunch of books out uh, i've only read about two of them so far and uh he could but he quickly became one of my favorite authors already, just off the jump, um, from uh, his his first book, the uh, the Ballad of Black Tom. You know, it's mainly due due to his his relation to H.P. Uh, Lovecraft as well. So, um, I think for the most part, a lot of people already know that uh, you know H.P. Lovecraft is uh, he's uh, problematic. <laughs> he, he's uh, pretty problematic. He is a genius author that nobody can take that away from him. You know what I mean? Because uh, I, I, one of my favorite stories 
ever actually is one of his uh the dunwich horror is it's one of my absolute favorite stories and you know it's got all the the good um lovecraft staples it's got elder gods it's got this uh the the necronomicon and it's got this weird hybrid elder god creature in there what was his name watley oh watley wilbur yeah, it's got this uh, this uh, uh, Wilbur Watley creature in there. It's a book that I read years ago and it just captured my imagination, you know, and it, it, it's what really kind of pulled me into like the whole like Elder God, Cthulhu mythos, like the the uh, the Elder Ones, you know, um, and that that whole like that whole thing, that whole universe. I Man, I, I really loved it. Fell hard for it. And then I started looking into H.P. Lovecraft, you know, the author, and uh, it was a blow. Oh, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, he's a huge racist. <laughs> raving, raving racist. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to sweep that under the rug, you know? Kind of hard to separate, you know, the art, the art from the artist knowing that he kind of hates you and your whole kind. It, there it is, that, but that's, that's the truth of it. And um, the, the, the tragedy of that is, like, it, it really does taint his work. It is weird knowing that a mind that can create all that is also a mind that can harbor such hatred. So how did I find, so how did I find about Victor Lavelle? I think I was going down that whole, like, rabbit hole. There was some video on YouTube, I'm sure, and I was looking, it was like a panel about just that, you know, how to handle H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, he's the modern time kind of thing. And I think Victor Lavelle was on the, it was Victor Lavelle and like about three other people on the panel, but he was like the only person of color on the whole panel. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I looked into Victor Lavelle and I found uh, this book, The Ballad of uh, Black Tom. I picked it up and uh, on Kindle and, uh, and on Audible too. And, um, you know, I, I was reading, this was back in... 2016, 2016, 17, something like that. I was still working in the city. Man, this book is amazing. It it, it kind of blew me away. I, I became an instant fan of Victor Lavelle. He um he finally he was the one author to kind of knock uh Joseph Delaney off my top <laughs> my top favorite author list. He was there for for years. All right, so what is what is this book about? Um, so Ballad of Black Tom. It is, uh, this takes place back in like uh, the 1920s Harlem. So back in like Renaissance era Harlem. It's about uh, a kind of a, uh, a street performer or just like a, a kind of a street hustler named uh, Tommy Tesler. Tommy Tesler. <laughs> yeah, I wanted Tesler. No, Tommy Tester. And he is, yeah, he plays his uh, guitar pretty much on the street you know for like dollars or, or money and he has like i think he also has this kind of like factory job or mill job or, or some kind of like hard labor thing like that but you know it's it pays him like pennies on the dollar or something like that and so he um you know he's he like street performs with his uh his old guitar it's him and his dad and um you know he learned how to play the guitar uh, from his dad because his dad also plays and so you know he he kind of picked it up one day he is performing and uh you know this kind of wealthy uh white guy comes and uh you know says he loves his music and drops some coins in his in his uh guitar case or whatever and sends him like an invitation to like the ritzy side of town some, some ritzy part 
back in the day, but now is is pretty hood. <laughs> it's, it's like rough as hell over there now. Uh, Victor Lavelle was writing in the story uh, how like, you know, the police would just harass you if you were just there, like when the sun was just starting to go down, like in, in that part, like any like black man, like walking around in the streets in that neighborhood and the sun's going down, they just start harassing you off break. Uh, so yeah, so there's like two cops just like following him, you know, when he's going to this gig, <clears throat> you know, coming to find out um, the, you know, without, you know, spoiling it or going into it, it's like this whole thing they're trying to raise, uh, you know, the elder gods and things like that. And, um, but, uh, you know, Tommy uh, somehow, someway gets the upper hand in the situation. And, uh, you know, I, I will leave the rest up to you to read, to discover. Yeah, it is. It is an excellent story. Um, it's if you are any fan of Lovecraft at all, if you're into like the the whole Cthulhu mythos at all, it's this book has something for you. It's it's not super long either. I've read it probably about like three times now. It's it's not super long. It's it's definitely something you can go back to every now and then, like every other year or so, just to kind of reread it. I'm personally going to say that it's kind of like a better version of a Lovecraft story because it doesn't have the xenophobia and the racism and and stuff like that in it yeah so um because if you've read the horror at Red Hook um you know he has a uh he has a uh an uh African-American gentleman in the book that he uh just does not give glorying uh descriptions of you know what I mean and so um yeah you could uh, you could totally see how Somebody who wrote the hard red hook can write something called on the creation of niggers. Yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's 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 totally my it's totally my jam, totally my lane. You know, it's it's weird fiction, it's horror, it's got like a black lead in it, it's in the voice of like uh, you know, a black author. Uh yeah, this 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 guy is like a huge inspiration to me. It's like one of my absolute favorite authors working today and on top of that he's even writing comic books he's i think he's writing a, a run or Sabretooth. i hope he's i hope it's still going i haven't my, my comic pal is like massive I'm, I'm trying to work my way through it to to get to that ballad of black tom out of five is this is a straight five straight fire um yeah just love it beginning to end i've read it about three times already i and i was just listening to it a couple weeks ago or like on the ride in the work uh you know in the car yeah i'm i'm this is a book i'm probably never gonna put down i'm always gonna pick it up and read it again and i highly suggest it yeah ballad of black tom by victor lavelle five out of five yes sir week 
I have the Sandman. I watched this a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, I, was supposed, I was actually supposed to do this on another podcast, but um, I'll go ahead and knock this out right here. Yeah, so this is available on Netflix. It had like 10 episodes to it, and then they added like an extra episode to it. Um, it's like a two-parter. It's starring uh, Tom Sturridge as the, the Sandman. Yeah, this, uh, so this is, ha it has the Netflix treatment you know is it they put a ton of like ton of money into it ton of production into it yeah it's it's no it's it's fantasy you know it's like it's kind of like dark fantasy they spent the appropriate amount of effort to make sure it looks it looks pretty good it looks pretty sleek uh and like fantastical i'm not that familiar with the uh sandman comics like the graphic novels i haven't gotten to that yet but i'm i'm very familiar with john constantine who is in that realm, he's in that uh, kind of DC Comics, Vertigo Comics, like realm. So the only times I really uh, like read anything like in comics with the Sandman, it, it was in a John Constantine comic because he like met up with him or he was in that, that issue or whatever for some reason. And so Tom Sturge as the Sandman, he is, I, he, I don't know if he's powerful <laughs> or how powerful he could be. Um, Cause he like right off the break he gets captured like so how I mean how how powerful can the the Lord of Dreams be if he can be captured by a regular dude <laughs> you know what I mean I wouldn't actually say he's like weak or anything but he he does seem a little bit aloof at times um and just kind of like <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be a pun but just kind of like sleepwalking through some of it a little bit Every time he really kind of like bows up or gets serious or, or like fearsome is when somebody like messes up or he has to come down hard on on one of the characters or something like that yeah he's not all that menacing to, to me at least he wasn't like menacing or anything like that and when he puts on his 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 serious face you know when come down hard on a character because they didn't follow the rules or they did something he has this like he has this like ser his serious face pretty pretty comical in a way of because it just <laughs> it just reminds me of uh like another movie i've seen it always like he's playing another movie kind of. i just it looks like he's doing the zoolander face to me for some reason and i can't like like right there right there like that that looks pure you get <laughs> Uh, yeah, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. It's a little bit, but I'm um, like every time he got that serious face on and he's like talking like real sternly, I was just like, oh, why well, we in Zoolander again? <laughs> we in Zoolander three. Yeah, overall, he did a, he did a pretty good job. He's, I'm just being dumb, but, but no, honestly, like the, most of the time, I'm like, why is he making that face? Like <laughs> he's doing the Zoolander face again. But the I would say the casting is, is on point. To me, the villains are the best part of the best part of the show. You know, we have like a lot of really good heavy hitters, like uh, Charles Dance is in the first one, uh, David Thewlis is in like the second one, Gwendolyn Christie, Brienne of Tyen, or, or whatever that was in, in Game of Thrones, and they're all playing like the villains. They're all playing like the the heels in this. Knock it out of the park. And I say like the first one, the first part and the second part, because uh, this show is constructed differently, kinda. So it's not just most of their shows, like from episode one to ten, they're like they're like a straightforward narrative, 
it's, it's very faithful to the comics in the sense that it's broken up into like different stories. The two episodes would be like this, two and a half episodes would be this story, and then it'll transition into like the next story in the next two and a half episodes, and like so forth and so on. They're, they're being super faithful to, to the comics, uh, to like the original story in the comics, and so, um, and it plays out like comic books because you know, comic books go on like different different stories and different characters and different plots and things like that as the issues go on. And I kind of, I like that. Like, I think I kind of want all the rest of the comic book shows to kind of be like that. You can kind of ruin, uh, a, like shows or comic book, like shows or movies. Cause you're trying to stretch out this one, this one plot point, you know, so the fit, we got to fill eight episodes. We got to fill eight hours. So we got to do like all one big narrative and stuff, but no, it's, no, Break it up, man. Break it up. Chop it up. We can handle this one. This, this like, plot is here. The next plot is in the, the next step. The way they did it, especially, because they, they did have, like, a character appear here, and then he'll come back through here, just to kind of, like, chain to, like, connect all the stories, if that makes sense. And I know it's not, it's not a, like, a one-to-one, -one, like, apples-to-apples -apples comparison, but, like, just off the top of the head, um, Moon Knight on Disney Plus definitely should have had like this format because oh my god that show they just stretched it out on this one this one plot they just stretched it out so long and it was just man come on man just just move it all right yes so my standouts on the show some of my favorite aspects of it was yeah uh, she's played by Kirby Howell Baptiste yeah she she actually knocked it out the park she's just drop dead gorgeous in this too that that didn't have that didn't hurt, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, there is a lot of controversy. Again, as always, um, you know, with, uh, you know, people changing races of characters, or changing uh, genders. In this case, they uh, kind of changed the race. Um, she's supposed to be like this, uh, like this very, like really pale goth uh, white chick, which I kind of get the aesthetic because this is very, it's a Neil Gaiman like written story so it's going to have like this very kind of like goth uh ethos to it i've known of the sandman for years and he's always had this kind of goth kind of like a uh, palette to him you know but i think they they did it because i mean you know hey we could be goth too you know what i mean so i think they did a pretty good job with, with that you know there's some purists out there that want to see like you know they want to see it exactly how it was in the comics back in like the 90s you know but um you can't please everybody she came in she she was amazing in this knocked it out the park uh they brought in mark how mark hamill mark howell who is that um mark hamill came in and uh did the voice for this guy yeah i don't even know who who he's at. i just called him the pumpkin guy <laughs> i don't even know who he is so it was just distinct enough to where you kind of like wait a minute is that <laughs> you know and then until like the this at the end where you see uh you know mark hamill i'm like ah oh, okay it was mark hamill okay <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't lunching i wasn't tripping but okay Patton oswald one of my favorites one of my my absolute favorites uh Patton oswald was in here he was playing uh the raven he did the voice of the the raven uh matthew to me he always kind of elevates the the levity of anything he's in like up a couple of notches and yeah he's I, I really liked him in this. He was really cool. Anytime I see any of my, my uh, Doctor Who people in uh, different shows and stuff like that, I 
yeah, I have to shout him out. The Jenna Coleman, who actually Jenna Coleman was actually in the same uh, Doctor Who series as uh, Matt Smith from uh, House of the Dragon on uh, HBO Max right now. So yeah, shout out to Matt Smith, you know, killing it over there. Yeah, I had to give out a, a special shout out to her. You know, she's playing a uh, Joanna uh, Constantine. I don't. Is she a descend? Is she a descendant of John Constantine? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think they explained it. I, I don't know this character that much. I know John Constantine, definitely, because I, I like. I actually. I actively read Hellblazer now. Yeah, but I've never heard of her before this show. So I don't know if that's. It's just a, a gender swap. Or maybe she might be an actual character in the comics. I don't know. But um, I was just happy to see her. <laughs> you know. So yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all my uh, Doctor Who fans out there. With my favorite doctor, by the way. Matt Smith. My, my absolute favorite doctor to this day. But uh, yeah. So Sandman. <clears throat> out of five. I give it a four. It's it's pretty solid. Um, I pretty much would watch this again i'm pretty sure i'm going to end up watching it again at some point but um this is too much fantasy going on now this house of the dragon there's a uh, rings of power going right now i man yeah i'll get i i definitely will watch it again but it, it won't be no time soon so um but yeah sandman four to five really liked it solid show Black Phone is starring uh, Ethan Hawke and Jeremy Thames, and it's directed by uh, Scott Derrickson. <clears throat> so yeah, for, so uh, Ethan Hawke is one of my favorite actors like working today. Has been for a couple of decades now too. Um, he, he, I'm not gonna say he hasn't made a bad movie, but he's always, every movie he's in, he's been like really good in. Yes, yeah, so, so now um, Scott Derrickson is, um, a really well-renowned uh, director as far as like horror movies go and then like horror circles directed dr strange apparently so he did uh the sinister movies which are like the, I, the first i remember the first one way more than i remember the second one i might have to see the second one again um but the first one was pretty like it was just the, the tone of that was just creep creep you out movie <laughs> is one of the most creepiest movies i remember seeing he also did deliver us from evil with um uh, uh what's his name eric banner and it uh, which was decent i don't remember it all that well but um it was a movie <laughs> it was one of them he also did uh, for the scariest movie ever to me the movie i kind of refused to watch ever again exorcism of emily rose it's a is based off a real event and it's too real it's it's just too real it's i can't i can't watch that movie again that's the movie that movie had me sleeping with the lights on <laughs> for like a week or two you know what i'm saying so 
Yeah, so just right there, like Ethan, Ethan uh, Hawk and Scott Derrickson, I, my, so my ears perk up, you know what I mean? Um, uh, and uh, so this, the Black Phone is based off of uh, a novella written by Joe Hill, who's the, the son of Stephen King. Um, and <clears throat> it has a lot of the uh, Stephen King tropes in it. It's violent as hell bullies in here. Um, uh, you know, a, a pretty drunk or just kind of like disturbed dad or like parental figure is in here, you know. Um, but no, it's, it's a very solid, very solid flick. Um, very solid, kind of like, a, you know, dark serial killer uh, kind of flick. And uh, Ethan Hawke just absolutely shines in this like he definitely knows how to play a very uh like deranged character in this like he he definitely was like super creepy so yeah the, the kids in this are uh pretty good like as you know just as actors they held their own like really good um this uh finn there uh on the left he's the like the the main kid or the the main kid that kind of gets snatched and we're kind of going through him He's the one who has the, you know, the the supernatural stuff happen to, um, like through the the black phone, um, and uh, and I really like his sister in this. Like his sister is like really, really good in here. Uh, she's um, Madeline McGraw, is who plays her. I can't remember her name in the movie, but her name's uh, Madeline McGraw. Playing this like I think she's the little sister, but you know uh, her her family unit. I think her mom, uh, either disappeared or left or something like that happened and uh you know she, she plays it really well you can tell like she's she's a bit rougher and uh you know a bit kind of just older than she actually is you know what i mean um and yeah so finn just he just gets his he gets his ass beat like <laughs> all the time in this movie like i really felt i really felt for him at a time and then um you know, towards the end of it, like when it culminates that, um, you know, he has to, you know, he starts fighting back, you know. Um, yeah, I, just, I think they did that uh, really good. They kind of hint on some like religious factors to this, too. The character in here that like has like dreams or has like visions, uh, you know, and uh, she starts connecting that, you know, the visions are like trying to like showing her where her I'm about to give it away, showing her where like the uh, like the the kidnapped kids are or you know kind of like little clues or like visions of like you know where where they're being taken and stuff like that and so she like she like pulls out like a bunch of like uh, crucifixes and stuff and she like you know praise to god you know like the helper help me for like you know give me the correct vision to to see and stuff like that um it was yeah it was uh yeah it, it was surprising to me like and it wasn't done in a really kind of hokey way it was done in kind of a real way because like when you know she wasn't getting like you know the information she was getting she kind of lashed out and like in a real way i think anybody who has who is on like a christian walk you know when when things don't go their way they kind of do unfortunately just kind of lash out and just like you know in in that way and just disavow or just has like this moment where they're just not like feeling very religious at the moment you know what i'm saying it's, that was really well done i like i like that aspect of it yeah it's i really like this uh really really good movie um i'm definitely gonna watch it again um but so one things i didn't like about it or felt this was just kind of dumb was just you have these kids disappearing like daily left and right and this is dude who's driving around in an obvious pedal van 
<laughs> just driving around town and in full in full sight in full view, and nobody just, the police don't check it out, uh, pull them over, uh, <laughs> you know. Hmm. I did, well, let me just follow this guy and see what's what's happening with this. Like, yeah, he's and it's this grown man who's trying to be a magician, driving around in this huge black like pedal van. Like, come on, like, really, really, you need to have like kids help you solve this worst police force ever. Worst police force. I, it, it kind of pulled me out of the movie a bit because I'm like, really, for real. Uh. Yeah, that was pretty much the only thing I did. I had a problem with in this that just kind of drove me crazy in this. Oh, yeah, um, Matthew Davies. Matthew Davies is in this, and he plays, um, he had a really kind of hard character to play. He, I mean, he's kind of like, you know, the, the drunk dad, you know, the drunk down on his luck, like overwhelmed dad, you know, and, but they didn't, they did, they didn't go too, um, like, typical to it. Uh, you know, because a lot of a lot of other movies would have had him just go straight up abusive or, you know, he drinks too much and, and gets abusive or whatever. But um, there was a method to his madness. I'm not going to say he was a 100 percent. I'm not going to co-sign like his actions 100 percent. But there was a method to it. Like you, you kind of see you kind of see where he's coming from with it towards the end of the movie, you know, and you, at the end of the day, he, he really loved his kids. And he wanted to care for him, but he was just over, he's overwhelmed and he's dealing with a lot and, you know, he can't express it the, the way he wants to express it is, is how I, is kind of how I got it. And I think Matthew Davies played it to a T, played it perfectly. Like, yeah, I, I think he did an excellent job in, in this movie. Another good thing is the mask. Um, like the mask in this is I can tell because Halloween is coming up in like a month and, and some change. And I could totally see this being like the 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 new like Halloween mask or like accessory now because um it, it is I, I gotta admit it is pretty cool like you know in a couple of ways right like so you know we saw you see a shot where he like he takes the top part off and so it's just the the bottom part there and um and like he could actually take this part off even though that is that is just disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> like the little like bottom part the grin right there is just disturbing but you know you can see like in the next one it's just, just this is just god this is just creepy but um like you, he could take it apart and he could put like the frowny face part on it too you know it's just ah man this yeah i could the the mask is actually pretty cool i can totally see this being like the new halloween must have <laughs> you know for uh 2022 out of five I mean, yeah yeah i could give this a five out of five it was it was really good. The tone was really good. The pacing was really good. Um, the uh, it was appropriately creepy, uh, like when it needed to be. Um, uh, the the ghost kids at the end they were totally kind of believable, um, and most of them were sympathetic except for like that last one. Um, but I, I totally understood where he's coming from, like because uh, I think Finn Finn was like saying like Why are you helping me? He's like helping you. Like, F you, I, I want you to get him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, I totally understand it. I feel you. Um, so, yeah, solid movie, solid flick. I'm definitely going to put this on again. You know, at some point, have it on uh, around Halloween time. It's, it's on my list. So, um, yeah, five out of five. The Black, Black Mask. Definitely watch it. Pick it up.
and that is it that is another week another number two in the bag and um yeah thank you for checking me out if you hung out this far hey man i appreciate you you're a real one um so yeah so check us out on or check check us out check me out on uh on the tube on the youtubes um and uh you know if you uh if you're on a trip you know on your way to work or on the on the toilet on the can or something you know yeah check out the podcast um it is available pretty much everywhere uh you listen to podcasts <laughs> basically uh yeah spotify apple uh google audible uh you know yeah pretty much everywhere man so um yeah thank you for checking checking me out um you know stop by the youtube like the video stop by uh spotify audible uh apple and uh google pods and uh you know check us out and we will see you next week peace